It's a beautiful summer, and it's great to be here together. And, and as we jump into this, there is uh, there's chaos all around us. There's beautiful days like Lake Powell kind of days, but that's not the majority of our life. Um, it's just not. And, and Jesus makes these outlandish statements coming into ministry, and he, people that are just starting to follow him, and, and literally the, the few have turned into dozens, have turned into literally this huge mass of people, and he seats them on a hillside, and he, he really is, is coming out and saying, this is what I'm about. This is my message. This is my gospel, and this is what I'm about. And, and he starts off with these statements that we're calling the opposite way. And if you've been with us for the past few weeks, we have started to walk into these almost counterintuitive statements. Uh, you know how there's things in life that you perceive to be one way, and you jump into it, and you find out the truth, that reality, that what works is the exact opposite. And, and we have a perspective about life that we that we think this is, this is the good life, this is the, the best way, this is the, the blessed life, these blessed statements that he gives. And Jesus says, no, it's, it's the opposite. And we've been walking into this, and he makes this outlandish statement we're going to look at today, and he says, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, uh, for they will not, not just know of God, or not just catch a glimpse of God, or not just just hear about him that they will, they will see him. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And we're going to walk into that today. Uh, I'd like to ask you to pray with me as we get started um, so, that, so that you and I will be in the right spot, that, that we would come to God literally with pure hearts, that we'd say, okay, God, we want, we want to hear from you. But not just that, so that so that God actually, we invite him here and that he could teach you and I from his word. If you're kind of new to this whole thing, the, the reality is God says that my word is, it's alive, it's living and active. And, and he says, I'm alive and, and I want to speak to you. That it's not, it's not creative presentation, it's not clever words, it's not good explanations, it's not good illustrations. That that God needs to be the one who literally turns the lights on, that he, that he helps the word make sense to you and I. And so that's what I want to pray for this morning, okay? Lord God, as we come to you, uh, we do. We ask that you would illuminate the word, that you would turn the lights on in our hearts and our minds, that you would speak to us from your word. We thank you for your word. We thank you that it's good. We thank you that it's alive. And God, today as we come to you, even now in this moment. God, we want to we ask you to, to help us see our hearts clearly. And God, we want to hear from you and your word clearly. Because we're going to find out that your word says that the heart is the center of who we are. And you want to be there. And we typically have so much more in our heart than you. So God, I'm asking that you would take the word today and that you would teach it to us. That you would send it straight into our heart and that you would change us. 
That's my prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Like I said, there are these statements that Jesus starts off with, all these different ways of, of life that he says, these, this is the blessed life, this is the blessed way. And you and I, typically, we think the opposite way. And uh, if you were here last week uh, in the white box, you might have heard a couple of these, but we typically think more in lines of these. Um, we think, blessed are those who eat and drink the finest of meals, the finest of experiences in life, for they will have life to its fullest. We think, we think in terms of prosperity and, and beauty and success and achievement and we think of all of those things. And, and Jesus says something different. We think in terms of blessed are those who are, who are physically wealthy for they live lives of comfort and pleasure. Blessed are those with amazing talents and skills for they will receive praise and envy from those around him. Blessed are those who are in perfect health and good shape for they will live out the illusion of eternal youth for a few extra years. Right? Those are the ways that we typically think. And Jesus comes in and he, he says the exact opposite. Remember, we started out with blessed are the poor in spirit. In fact, Jesus says this, really, all of them, they say, blessed are those who are completely broken and humble and they have nowhere to turn but to me. If you could sum them all up, that's the way it would be. Blessed are those who are, are totally impoverished in spirit. They aren't prideful. They, they know that they bring nothing. And he says, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I want to tell you, last week we, we spoke about meekness, or excuse me, about um, blessed are those who are merciful, for they shall receive mercy. I don't know if you were here last week, but I want to tell you that we really struggle. Rarely do I get as much feedback as I got this last week from that. And if you were here and if you were breathing, you're wrestling with the same stuff. Because last week we said, blessed are those who who are full of mercy, who give mercy, just like they've received mercy from God, which the mercy, if you weren't here, mercy is this, it's I deserve, I deserve something and I'm not given it. I deserve something, I deserve something bad. I deserve a punishment. I deserve a debt and, and I'm not given that. I'm free from that. That's what mercy is. And, and Jesus says, blessed are the merciful for they shall receive mercy. And and we just found out that because of God's great mercy for us, if we really have it, we should give it to others. And, and rarely do I get as much feedback as I got this last week. And it's, it's us trying to understand and trying to wrap our... But you don't know my husband. You don't know my ex-husband. But you don't understand the hurt. You don't understand that... How, how can I let them just... How, how can I just forgive them? How will that help them grow? And you and I struggle with that. And if you're still struggling with it, I, I want to encourage you, don't just let it fade into the background. Man, keep wrestling with it. Because God has this just amazing, ridiculous mercy for us. Because God's word says that we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God and that he gives us mercy. And so we come today, and, and he says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. I want to uh, just reiterate that these statements of blessing, this word bless, as, as Jesus said that word, 
um, everybody in the house, everybody on the hill heard a word that only got used for God. God was blessed, and people who were dead and who were with God were blessed. Nobody else. Nobody on earth, in their hearing, in their mind, nobody on earth was blessed, okay? So when, when Jesus said, you could be blessed are these kinds of people now, first of all, everybody's ears perked up, because the only people who are blessed are those who are, are either with God already or God himself. Does that make sense? And so it, it's like he's saying, these people are living the best life possible. They're already in heaven. They're living in, in, in heaven-like reality. And so he says, blessed are these kinds of people. And, and I want to start really with this idea of, of pure in heart, um, but we've got to go to heart first, okay? Um, some of you, some, we just have a crazy idea of heart. Uh, obviously, heart is a, it's an organ inside our body that pumps blood, right? But even back then... Uh, when Jesus said this, they didn't quite understand all that the heart was exactly. Uh, they would have thought more of insides. In fact, the word actually means center, okay? It really means kind of like guts. It means your organs. And so um, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't just mean the heart. It doesn't just mean what we typically have made it in our culture. We've just made it our emotions. How many of you, when you think of heart, think of emotions? Yeah? And, uh, and so we've typically made the heart all about the emotions and about romance and about a romantic relationship, maybe your spouse relationship or your relationship with your boyfriend or girlfriend or, or, maybe, or maybe, man, my real passion in life, my heart is for this and I've got to be really passionate. And we use words and we use them so carelessly and we, we love our wife and our kids and we love fish tacos, right? And what's the difference between the two of those and... Do you know what I'm saying? And I heart New York and, and we just have this crazy, we have this crazy mixed up wide variety. We use the word so variously. So this idea of heart, I just want you to get it. The, the heart, as the Bible talks about it, the heart is everything of who you are. Okay, it is, it is I mean, it is mind, emotion, will, but the heart is the center of who you are. It, the the Bible doesn't so much compartmentalize your brain and how you make decisions and how you learn. And, and then you have over here emotions and sometimes they're similar and sometimes they aren't. And the heart is the whole of who you are. It is you as a person. Um, Proverbs 4.23. Proverbs 4.23 says this. It says, um, let's see, what does 4.23 say? I'm not sure. Do we have it for the screen? Proverbs 4.23 says this, Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. Okay? Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life. The view of the writer of Proverbs is that, man, you put in, whatever you put into who you are, out of it comes the way of your life. In fact, you can probably even see that there are things that you have You've taken into your life, you've taken into your soul, you've taken into your, your mind, you've taken in through your eyes, you've listened in through your ears, and you can see the way it paved the road of your life. Jesus went on and he said, you know, um, where your heart is, your treasure will be also. Where your treasure is, your heart will be also. You treasure something and your heart is with it. The whole of who you are will be with it. And Proverbs says, guard what you put in your heart because the streams of your life, the way of your life is going to go that way. 
And so as you look at heart, as you think about your heart, uh, I want to stop. And, and really, Proverbs goes on in 23 to say, as a person thinks in his heart, so he is. If you're a person that prides yourself on your intellect and thinking through things, and you think that's separated from who you are or your heart, he says, as you think with your heart, as you, as you reason with all of who you are, so you are. That man, that woman is that way. And, and I want to stop here just for a minute, and, and I want to encourage you to say, God, what's in my heart today? Not what used to be in my heart. Um, in fact, I want to even encourage you to, we're going to take a minute. I want, I want you to, to rest right here. And I want you to close your eyes. And I want you to ask God that question. If you're, if you're new and this is a little bit crazy to ask God a question, um, that's fine. You don't have to do that. But, but I would encourage you to say, God, what is in my heart? So go ahead and close your eyes. And uh, God, what is in my heart? What do I want today, right now? What do I want for my future? What are the things in my heart that I don't want there? God, as we look at these things in our life, God, there's images that come before us. Some that we love and cherish and some that we don't. God, there's anger that we have about what was taken from us. The stories we tell that keep us locked up. God, I pray that as we come to you with our hearts that you would that you would purify us today in a fresh way. In Jesus' name, amen. In Proverbs 20, um, the word says, who can say that I have a pure heart? Who can say that my heart is pure? The question is obvious. No one can say I have a pure heart. Pure is this catharsis word, it's this word that means cleansing and, and purifying. You know, it, it even has a relation to, to purifying gold. The way they used to purify gold is they'd make a really hot fire and put it all down on the fire and cover it with more coals and, and let it burn and burn and fan it and fan it and burn all that away to try to, to leave all of the rubbish, all of the dirt, all of the impurities, leave it in the hole and pull the, the pure gold out. Impurity is so hard. We all come with impurities. God's word says that all of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And so nobody can say that they have a pure heart. So what does Jesus say? Blessed are those with a pure heart, who are pure in heart, for they will see God. What does he expect from us? This, this idea of pure means unmixed with any other impurities. That it is completely pure. 
that, that there's nothing else. Now, it's not void, but it's not tarnished. That it's completely pure. And, and as we talk about a pure heart, um, David is called by God as a man after his own heart. Okay? And, and God, obviously, is pure and holy. And he says, here is a man with a heart after mine. He has a... a, a who he is is like me. And none of us are completely pure. And Jesus isn't saying that the way to be pure is by, by trying to be purer and holier. And eventually, if you're good enough, you'll see God. That's not what he's saying. Because nobody is. In fact, you know that the... The Jews, they had so many laws. And if you've read, there's lots of Old Testament laws. And then there were lots of other laws put on top of that. And the reason wasn't to, to try and heap hundreds of laws on people that everybody had to memorize and have flip cards for and have them written on their arms so they could remember. That wasn't the intention. Actually, they knew that they couldn't be pure. They knew that they couldn't follow the law. They knew that it wasn't working. And so what they thought is, well, at least if I can be pure in regards to one law, then I'll be okay. How many of you have ever been like that? You're like, well, you know, um, this area of my life, let's not really talk about that. But over here, I'm, I'm pretty good, right? And, and if I'm pretty good here and I'm pretty, if I'm following God here, then God's going to understand over here, the grace over there. But let's talk about this, right? Do, do you know what I'm talking about? I think we all have a tendency to do that. And so... That's what the Jews did. They created all these laws so that everybody could at least find one they could be good at, right? That, let me find one thing that I can do. I can always wash my hands before I can do the perfect ceremonial washing before I eat. And I'm never going to break that law. And I'm never going to work on Sundays, right? And if I can just nail that, then, then the rest of it gets covered in holiness. And that's not, that's not what God called us to. That's not what he... That's not what he designed. That's not what he means by pure in heart. What he says here is, I am pure. I am pure. And, and we find out later that anyone who believes in him, he purifies our heart. It's not through how good you are. It's not through how good I am. That he's the one who purifies us. So, blessed are those who are pure in heart, for they will see God. David, you know, is, is not a perfect, pure guy. David has plenty of sin. And in Psalm 51, we read uh, how he comes to God with his sin. And this is a man after his own heart. And here's what he says, starting in verse 1. He says this. He says, Have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean of my guilt. Purify me from my sin. For I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. I've done what's evil in your sight. You will be proved right in what you say, and your judgment against me is just. For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me. But you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. So purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again, God. You've broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. 
Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. Amen. This morning, as we come to the word, Jesus says, when you're pure in heart, we will see God. The word see is forever see, forever be in his presence. And there is the reality that when, when we come to him and Jesus says that all who come to him and believe, that he makes us pure, that we talked about last week, he gives us mercy. We deserve punishment and we don't get it. Put that on Jesus. And on top of that, the righteousness of Christ is given to us who believe. And he says that we will see God forever, that we will be in his presence. And so there is this reality that when you believe in Christ, that he makes you pure and forever, forever in eternity, you'll be pure. You will see God. You will be with him. But going even further here and now, as God has given us a pure heart, as we see him, as we cling to him, as we see him purely in our heart, we're going to see him beyond the chaos of all that's around us. Have you ever known people who, who it seems like they have this ability to walk with Jesus and to, to keep their eyes on him in the midst of circumstances all around them? And things are falling apart or there's pain or the finances aren't great, but, but they are clinging to him. How many of you have ever, um, have ever really enjoyed food that isn't great for you? How many of you have ever done that? All right, yeah. And um, so I, I'd never, uh, I've never eaten an In-N-Out burger before, Okay. And, uh, and so we were in California uh, a couple weeks ago, and uh, because if you're going to have an In-N-Out burger, you've got to start there, right? And so we had it there, right? And um, so I've had like 16 of them since then, right? <laughs> and uh, so do you know that like, um, so a three-by-three three protein style with grilled onions and chilies is like a really good thing, okay? And uh, that's not on the menu, but if you figure out, like I already know how to order off the menu, so obviously I have a problem. And, um, and so, uh, here's the thing, the more, the more I fill myself with those things, like the more I need to fill myself with those things. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the, the more I, the more I eat that, the more I have this, like I don't eat hamburgers all the time, believe it or not, but I don't eat hamburgers all the time, but like I've been eating a lot of hamburgers in the last three weeks. And the more I eat them, the more I, the more I wish I was eating them. And the more I look forward to like the next one, that, and it's a good cheeseburger, don't get me wrong. Um, but have you ever noticed that when you consume your heart with something, when you let it in and you let it in, like the more you see it and want it, the more you, the more you eat, pepperoni pizza and the more you want pepperoni pizza or the the more you uh, are you tracking with me or or is it just that you're tracking so well that you're like caught like a deer in the headlights I can't quite tell um do do you know what I'm saying um 
like the more you the more you fill yourself with that thing like the more it consumes you um like unfortunately every man knows lust this way right like you see an image uh, and you lust after it and it 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 consumes you right and, and you and you see it uh, like in your head again and you want it again and and it'll destroy you and i know we got young guys in the house and that's why god's word says flee actually the in my house um in my house i have four boys and so like in my house the way um it's the only time we intentionally curse in our house we we say that flee sin we, is like run like hell is the, what we say um that that's what God's word says. It, it's, it's run for your life um, from lust and immorality because it, w- it will destroy you. It will consume you. And you, you will see it and you will see it again. And, and, it, and God says, when you come to me with a pure heart, uh, you will see me. And, and there's something about David. Even as he, David comes, guys, David comes to to God and and he's been hiding for a year that that he committed adultery with some other guy's wife and then he killed that guy to cover it up and just this whole mess that he created and and here's what he says he all of David's language is even though he's been hiding it and he's not perfect and he's totally all of it is is bathed in genuine pursuit of him some of you are here right now because it's the right thing to do inside your family system or inside your your marriage or somehow inside your relationship to god you think if i go and if i put my time in there then then it's going to be okay in the end and you're not coming to god with a pure heart some of you are here because man if if i just go and do it then maybe something will change or there's all kinds of ways to come to god without a pure heart you might be coming hoping to um to hook up with a new relationship and and you're here, and it's not as much about, about you pursuing God as it is per, pursuing a relationship. Or, or maybe you're here because it somehow is good for your business, I and mean, your partner wants you here. And There's all kinds of ways to, to kind of fake it and to not come to God with a pure heart. And he says, come to him purely, genuinely. Say, God, man, I want to come to you honestly. Do you know God loves God loves honest, genuine prayer, people who pursue him. And if you have, if you have questions, and if you have anger, go to God with those. Prayer is so simple. I, I spend a lot of time with you guys that, a lot of you, and you just, you say, I don't know how to pray, and it makes me really nervous, and would you just do it? And I just, I want to tell you that praying is just honestly talking to God and say, okay, God, I'm going to open my heart for a minute, and here's what's in here. I'm angry about my life situation. God, would you, would you breathe some honesty into here? God, I have believed lies in my life for so long. And I always try to blame everybody else. And I try to, to make it everybody else's fault that my life is the way it is. God, would you, would you help me with that? You see, God already knows all that. He already knows what is real. And he wants you to come to him purely. Because when we come to him, it, we will see him. The reality is that when we accept him into our life and he forgives us, we're going to be with him for eternity. And that's exactly what Jesus is talking about. 
But at the same time, when, when you and I come to him purely and we, and we put him into our heart in the midst of all that's around, in the midst of death in our family, in the midst of financial chaos, in the midst of... When we put him in, you're going to start to see him. You're going to start to see him show up in the relationships around you. When, when you say, God, would you help me today to, to bring you into my workplace? And you genuinely really pray that? What are you going to see? You're going to see God give you opportunities to bring him into your workplace. Doors are going to open. Maybe they would have happened even without you, but you wouldn't have seen them before. And you're going to see God in the middle of all of that. Um, Psalm 24. Uh, Do we have Psalm 24? Uh, uh, I'm not sure if we have it on the screen or not. Um, This this is really the, the, the Old Testament passage that that it's almost like Jesus condenses into this statement. And this is what it says. It says, Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? Or who, who can climb the hill of the Lord? Who can stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, who does, does not lift up his soul to an idol or swear by what is false. He will receive blessing from the Lord and vindication from God his Savior. Such is a generation of those who seek him, who seek your face, O God of Jacob. Such is a generation, such is a group of people who genuinely seek your face, God. Who genuinely pursue you and seek you. I want to take another minute and, uh, and kind of be still here together. And I want to ask you again, what, what is in your heart What are you putting in your heart? What are the things that you long for? What makes you angry when you don't get it? What does your heart desire and treasure? Go ahead and um, let's take another minute. Let's close our eyes again. And I would encourage you to talk to God. Say, God, what is in my heart? And God, what what do you want my heart to be full of? How do you want to purify my heart? Let's sit in that for a minute. What are the things in my heart that I know are not pure? I want to encourage you to pray something like this. Lord Jesus, Would you forgive me and cleanse my heart? Pray that in your own way. And name the stuff in your heart that you know isn't supposed to be there. The love of money, the jealousy, the hatred, 
the unforgiveness. And I want to encourage you to come to God right now and pray something like this. God, would you help me to seek you with all my heart? Would you help me to seek you and to pursue you with all that I am. And continually remove what ought not be there from my heart and to allow you to fill me. I'd like you to stay in an attitude of prayer and worship. The worship team is going to come on up. And we're going to get ready to take communion. And if you're a Christian, we totally invite you to celebrate this with us. Jesus, when he ate his last meal with his disciples. He took the bread and he took the cup and he said, my body is going to be broken. And he broke the bread and, and my blood is going to be spilled. And he, he poured the cup and he said, I want, when you eat this bread and this cup, I want you to remember that, that my body, that my blood was broken for you, that you might be pure, that you might be forgiven, that you might have mercy. And he said, every time you do it, I, I want you to remember me. And if you're a Christian, you're totally, if you're a believer in that, you're totally invited to do that. And we'd love to have you celebrate that meal with us now. And uh, in 1 Corinthians, here's exactly what Paul says. Paul says, don't come to me with a hard heart and do the outworking of bread and cup. He's come to me with a soft heart, repentant heart. Saying, God, forgive me of my sin. He said, otherwise you... When you come to him with a, with a fake heart, you, you, you actually sin against him in the, in the show of, of doing something real worshipful. And so I want to I wanna encourage you here to say, God, forgive me. And I want to celebrate the pure heart that you have given me, that you've forgiven me of my sin. And then I, I want to encourage you in this time of worship because the the band is going to play and the Connections team are going to come forward. They're going to hand out the bread and the cup. And, and if you're here by yourself, you can do that when you're ready. Maybe as a family you want to pray together and you want to do that. Um, but the, the band is going to lead us in worship. And then after you receive the bread and the cup, I would encourage you to, to worship and say, God, cleanse my heart. Give me a new heart, a new way. God, that I might see you. May that be our prayer as we worship him now.